Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers Talk Show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound Den, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or it is what it is for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, Josh Klein. We're going to do it in a different order today. Oh, my. Josh Klein, mm. managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and he somehow spent $16 at the Whole Foods salad bar today. They don't have – the problem is I got heavy ingredients, and I don't like the fact that they don't have a scale there. So it's like they bring, they give you the big box, right? And then it's like, well, I like a nice salad. Want to put a little pasta salad in there. And then it's like cauliflower. That was my mistake because it's like cauliflower. It's got, it's got a lot of weight to it with the florets and the stems and everything. And then I got up to the front. It's like – what am I, like they don't have a little garbage can that you can like scoop some of the top out. So it's like you just, I, I, I mean, they ring you up and you're like, well, I guess I don't need the chips that I also had on the side. So I just have my salad here. Uh, what percentage of said $18 salad? $16. Thank okay. you very much, Colin. Uh, what percentage of the $16 salad was consumed? I ate the whole darn thing because so. it was $16 well or because no it was because I was good. hungry because it was a nice yeah it was a nice salad <laughs> it actually think you're stuck you it have was, to yeah it was an entree size salad so it was and I had an entree sized meal I mean that's as impressive as people that spend $40 at Taco Bell yeah oh my you know there was a time when that was impossible I'm pretty sure it was before our guest was born but there was a time <laughs> oh, oh uh, you don't have to make him feel bad it's not that we're old he's just here. young throw some respect he's on young. my age here I've been around He's, he's spent at least $20 at Taco Bell in his time. Am I right? <laughs> oh, we are somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. No, I'm saying it used to be impossible to spend that amount of money. Like $6, like you, could take, a, you could take a whole Buick with $6 <laughs> and come out with everybody fed. I feel like they it's didn't true. have like the grilled the grilled stuff burrito, like the four ninety nine options. Those didn't exist 10 or 15 years ago. I definitely remember when the five-layer burrito was 89 cents, yes. and I could eat three of them in one sitting. That was many stomachs ago. That was about a decade <laughs> and a half. Uh, a lot of states ago as well. But no, I've been, I, I remember the 79, 89, 99, I, I, I commercials. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, some respect on this age. Man. All right. Okay. All right. And, uh, I think Taco Bell, while we're on them, uh, best, uh, like the marketing uh, menu items. Of any fast food chain. Well, they just mix up whatever they have. So they have tortillas and cheese and meat and lettuce. And they just I'm like, just they have a new like, oh, this one has lettuce on the outside. And this one's got <laughs> cheese on the inside. And it's do great. Not, do not mock the Taco Bell marketing department because they are <laughs> wizards. Because every time they've got something new that's got it. Oh, now the taco shell's got, it's got cool ranch on it. <laughs> Gotta go again. Are you sponsored by Taco Bell? <laughs> not Not yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> working on it. Working on a sponsorship for Taco Bell. <laughs> Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, the only guy that can turn a discussion about third down defense into a Cam Newton talk without even trying. That's true. It happens. Yep. Happened this week on theriotreport.com. Yeah. Used. Uh, oh, you should probably check that out on theriotreport.com. That's a nice plug. Uh, nice plug. That's have you ever way. used refried beans as an adhesive, Colin? Um, we. In a food sense, of course. Yeah, well, not not like building your deck. <laughs> yes. I was like, you didn't yeah, build your deck that's, with that's that, how did you? you? That's how you get the – no, no. It was close, though. Well, we were going to be sure. We Taco derailed three minutes. We derailed three minutes in. Good job, everybody. So, on the one-day contract today, 
Marcel, Louis Jacques. Did I do it? Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Wait until I drink this beer. It's going to be super <laughs> French by the end. MLJ? Yes. Brand new Carolina Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer, taco enthusiast. Hey, huh, that was perfect. We got in the Taco Bell. Sacramento Kings fan <laughs> and owner corner. of an extremely colorful umbrella. That's that's right. I am probably one of two Sacramento Kings fans in Charlotte. Can confirm oh. Shaq Thompson, Kings fan. So shout out wow. Shaq Town. There we go. Had that's, to make sure. He listens. Had to make <laughs> sure. And uh, yeah, the umbrella is. Uh, that's a great story. My first day with the Observer, uh, I get this this really cool, I guess, intro tote bag. It's got like a tape measure. It, it's got uh, a lanyard in there, and then I get an umbrella, like wooden handle, metal tip, and all that. Except the umbrella part is all comic strips with Charlotte Observer on the bottom. So we're talking <laughs> like Garfield and and uh, Ziggy the. Ziggy, Circus, the BC, uh, all of them, uh, but full color. So uh, it rains my first day going to open pre- uh, practice on Wednesday, <laughs> and I'm texting uh, Jordan Rodriguez. It's like, hey, do you have an umbrella? I, I-, I kind of want to share yours. I feel like this is way too loud <laughs> for my first day of work here. I don't want everyone to be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Never seen him. He's new. Uh, <laughs> Comic book guy. Look at him. How do you know? Who does he think he is? <laughs> The only thing that would have made that better is if you had, like, bright yellow gloshes on, like you were Paddington Bear or something. Just full like. peacock. Like, that's, yeah. that's, the name's Marcel. That, that corner's <laughs> taking over that, that building, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we always start the show with Nikki's super important question. Oh. Is it, we, <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I had yes. a super important question for, for our guest. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Wait, it's not Colin's soup. What's happening? No, the whole show's I know falling she's apart. Tra- she's transitioning, <laughs> and I'm not ready because i got to be honest. I, Marcel, I don't know how to politely ask, who are you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I don't know how to politely answer that. I, am, uh, I think that I it starts me. with, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, who, who – How we, tell we us know you're yourself. the new – Observer beat writer. Oh yeah, Marcel Collins. How, how did Marcel? How did, how did you come to our fine city? Well, it all started Sacramento, California. Obviously, I, I don't think anyone becomes a Kings fan by accident. You're born there. We're starting. We're starting real early. Just real <laughs> early. Dark and stormy night. <laughs> Could have went earlier. Trying to keep this uh, this part PG, but um, <laughs> went to Arizona State. Speaking of PG, we could probably skip that entire four years. <laughs> but uh, went to Arizona State, Cronkite. At least School. it was only four uh, years. Amazing place. Yeah, four years. Shout out to that. My dad told me I only had four. Other than that, I'm on my own. But uh, I got a job in. In, uh, in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, I uh, worked at the newspaper out there for two years. I was a sports editor uh, covering high school sports, community sports, fishing, marathons, uh, pickleball. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever played pickleball. What's pickleball? So uh, picture tennis with like a wiffle ball racket, basically. It's hard, like a wiffle ball paddle. It's like slightly bigger than table tennis, but on a tennis court, if like that makes ba- sense. Like badminton? Is that, no, that's it's not got like a, it. it's like I a think w- I put too much <laughs> emphasis on the end. <laughs> no, it's got a <laughs> my favorite sports. Badminton. Don't worry, I have a video. I guess you call it the pickleball, but it's like a big, heavier wiffle ball, and you just slap it back and forth with oversized paddles. That okay. guy looks okay. like someone that okay. played. Okay. Nikki has the internet, so now I know what this is. Retirees out there loved it, so oh, I. That's talking. just a, that's I covered just a dude. It. <laughs> you covered pickleball? I covered pickleball since it was sweeping Lake Havasu by storm. Uh, I was sent out to the courts and uh, at the London Bridge Resort, and I watched Is several it? games of 
Is this okay. a now I have a question. How come every time you come around my London, London Bridge want to go down? Fun fact. So Fergie, obviously that's her song. She used to date a guy who was from Lake Havasu City where the original London Bridge currently is. And that is wow. where that reference comes from. That, See, you learned so many things from our show. Um, yeah. This is why people listen. This is why you tune in. You see, this is my this is my value here. <laughs> yeah, what exactly. I'm <laughs> but, uh, anyways, fun, was, fun Fergie facts. <laughs> I was there for, for about a year and a half, two years. Uh, went out to Seguin, Texas. I uh, worked for the Seguin Gazette. Same position, uh, covering high school once again. Pickleball. And uh, <laughs> no pickleball this time. We, we stepped up. We stepped up, but you still keep a fantasy team, or have you moved on as well? I have uh, from pickleball. I have moved on from pickleball. I'm trying to forget. Uh, This is I'm relapsing a bit here. (laughs) Might have to check out my local. You're shaking a little bit. I heard. I heard Charlie's trying to get a pro pickleball team, so you might have to cover it again. I mean, thank God I'm here, right? Yeah. (laughs) Pandersing doesn't work out. Let's go ahead and uh, the PPBL. Is this guy getting a pop? Are you Sorry, stop watching? I'm, I'm watching we're, we're too, you're on, now. You know we're recording a podcast right now. <laughs> oh, we are. We're not Sorry. supposed to be watching a video. <laughs> but uh, spent a year in Seguin and uh, got a job with the USA Today Network, Greenville News, Independent Mail, Orange and White, covering Clemson down in South Carolina. Uh, that was an amazing experience. Uh, I mean, I'd never done anything that anywhere near that scale before. I guess it, it always been high school or youth and community sports, and so. Uh, First day, uh, the first person I met was uh, David Hale from ESPN. And it's like, whoa, I'm used to just being me, grabbing uh, by myself, grabbing coats, grabbing players. And there's like 30 people there waiting to talk to Dabo at, at fall camp. And uh, it was, uh, I, I think that's helped me with the transition here because that was such a big jump. And it was so high profile that there's really no choice but to kind of hit the ground running. So uh, I spent a year out there, uh, loved it. And this opportunity came up. And I uh, was blessed to be offered this position. And here we are, uh, you know, two weeks in. It's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a ride already, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Two weeks in and we drag you in here. Yep. We're yeah. going yeah, to take it real easy on you. So your thoughts on <laughs> Jermaine Carter Jr. versus Andre Smith. Uh, as the fifty-second uh, guy. Okay, in the now, roster. now well, we, since we, Andre Smith is, is still not practicing. Oh, see I there. Think, uh, oh, that's good. Okay. You just okay. nailed me to the okay. wall. Whoa. I just got pickleballed. You got pickleballed. <laughs> I'm just curious. Among the Panthers' 2003 comeback wins, which were your favorites, Marcel? Well, you know, Doheim led an amazing <laughs> drive against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week Nine. That nice. I think still stands firm in people's minds today. Wow. Please Good answer. Any Good, answer. Right. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Show me week nine versus the Chiefs. <laughs> I love how Colin's writing over Burp. here like he's a therapist, like writing in a journal. Like, okay, so. There's nothing. Nothing <laughs> in this book. <laughs> you got any other questions for him? You didn't even click no. the pen on to keep no. it, like, real. Mm-mm. At least Nikki writes down when she does the, like, take my time stamp joke that is going to come. Marcel, don't worry. Well, I was um, going to write something it. down, but then I realized I had to stop Nikki from watching YouTube videos during the <laughs> podcast. That's and fair. I, had to I was learning about pickleball, pickleball for you. and that guy was eating a freezy pop while he was playing. I don't really understand. Hey, it's a casual game. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Some of these guys are really good, though. I mean, putting spin on the ball off the racket, and that thing moves, too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm setting up for photos thinking the ball is going to be here, and it's just five feet that way. It's, man, y'all really uh, y'all got some time. That's <laughs> all right. your hands, huh? This is time. Uh, oh, wait. We're, gonna go, we're all going to go play pickleball like yeah. sometime right. soon. 
I oh, probably man. record see, the podcast while while you do it. It's a <gasps> oh, it's, oh, see, I like that. Yeah. I, I enjoy sports where you can also do something else during them, like that you notably can, like, drinking. Yeah, drinking. drinking is really the those the are my thing, favorite. The sports. other thing that you can do, eating but, chicken nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, also a thing that you can do while you're while say bowling. Uh, darts also a good Ooh. sport for that. Um, kickball is a good one. Uh, we used to play in a thing called the Slosh League. You guys are oh, f- yeah. familiar with that? Slosh ball, where there was a keg at second, and um, you had to you had to have a beer in your hand at all times. It was called a beer in hand league. So if you did not have a beer in hand, you were out. Or if you got called out in the in the field for not having a beer, you lost a run. Um, and you had to when you got to second, you had to fill up your beer and you couldn't leave until you had drank the beer so it was um it was fun <laughs> that's all i got i didn't have an ending to that story <laughs> it sounded like it was all like getting to a place and yeah. then me and Shaq thompson uh <laughs> gave each other five dollars just collision yeah i got nothing nope. I, got just, nothing. I got i got drunk and that then, happens yeah. you know what nikki has a super important question oh yeah. are you circle. ready i'm ready so this comes from the twitters from our friend cheeto at cheeto clu Mm. I love this. Okay. Best. Wait, wait. Is there any way that somebody could get their question read on the air? Oh, yes. Why, yes. That's that's something that can happen. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and leave your super important question in the review, and I'll ask it on the show. Yeah, that's Woo-hoo. fun. That's called a plug. Or Twitter is good, too. Twitter. You can, you can send them on the Twitters. We love that. So, are you ready? Yeah. Best or worst Halloween costume you wore as a child? Oh. I will give you mine. Mm, nice. Um, prefaces, I am the child that grew up on welfare food stamps, all that. We were a very, very poor single-parent home. I had it in my head. I wanted to be Cousin It from the Adams Family. Okay. So this is how we pulled it off. We took a sheet, like a white sheet, similar to a ghost costume, I okay, guess you would say. Right. Cut out the eyes, and I had a pair of green like sunglasses with the lenses popped off okay. and a hat. That was, I was Cousin It. That's not Cousin It. That's, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't I, do no, this Nikki. Nikki. <laughs> Don't. No, Nikki, oh, that's you, not. And, that's you okay. are a beautiful, no. beautiful Cousin oh. It that year. You're a beautiful. My mom's also not very super creative or crafty, I guess. Is, yeah. I guess she wasn't very crafty. Did you, so. did you like, was it a brown sheet? Nope, white. What, but why? I don't. Because because her mom knew that everyone would just think she was a ghost. <laughs> a cool that's ghost, why. though, was, with sunglasses. That wasn't really well-dressed like ghost. your time. The sunglasses <laughs> yeah. with the lenses popped you out. Know? Who would know? You were Russell Westbrook of Nebraska. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he learned it. And yeah. I, I got a lot of candy because I think everyone felt bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Take an extra fun size, <laughs> little girl. My mom did this to me. I'm because of it. <laughs> Has anyone here already bought Halloween candy? I have. Mm, is it going to make it? Yes, because I hid it from myself. Okay, well, that, that seems that, that seems like a challenge. <laughs> seems counterintuitive. <laughs> Although, if you hit it last you know night, it I is. guess it would make sense. I do know where it is, but it's like in an inconvenient place. It's not like, you know, I learned this last year. Last year, I opened a bag and put it on the counter, and every time I walked by the counter, I ate a candy bar. Yeah, no, I, I so know how that is. These are I have little to no self-control. Um, I once dressed as a California raisin. Now, I'm not sure if you know how that is, uh, but what you do <laughs> is you put a trash bag over yourself, and then you say, I'm a California raisin. So it's kind of like if you put a sheet on and you were cousin. <laughs> yeah, but I actually looked like a California raisin. This is the ever. I looked like a California raisin. 
And then I would also <laughs> s- tell people that I had heard it through the grapevine. I feel like the thing is, is that my like my mom didn't want like it was like Halloween snuck up on her or something, and then mm. it was like, oh, there's a costume contest at school today. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a California raisin. That's not a good one. Oh, Next, man. I-, I can't. This is this is so lame. I can't think of a bad costume. My mom, who I am sure is going to be listening to this, sure, your mom. My mom was an excellent Halloween mother. Like she, one year to keep everybody safe, she set up these booths in our backyard and invited all the neighborhood kids and parents to go trick or treating in the backyard setting. So they would go to each booth and act, you know, like oh it's a God. different house. I mean, she went all out. Like you can't. I have no bad Halloween memories. I was a Power Ranger basically every year. Huge Power Ranger fan. Sure. So, which, which is the best color? Uh, the, the the Black Ranger is the best. It's mm, um, fair. The Mastodon. That's pretty, I'm a big. It's pretty oh. tight. <laughs> is that the? I didn't know. Uh, I didn't we're know they Mighty had Morphin names. Powered. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I, I had no idea they had Power names. Rangers, yeah. I would just say red because I like. <laughs> I definitely. My Pink. brother was definitely the Green Ranger one year. That was mm. definitely a thing. That's a good one. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad Marcel's here because I was afraid I was going to seem like the jerk because my mom also. I had <clears throat> my best costume was a handmade. Costume. My mom made a. You dressed as book. a Handmaid's Tale. No, <laughs> no, a handmaid. My mother made it with her hands. Did anyone get it? Yeah, <laughs> <seemed> very early. <laughs> she was ahead of her time. <laughs> That's a really you know, dark costume. You know, I for just, a child. I'm just glad that Marcel's mom got the moment of feeling proud of her work, listening to her son. She said, "Yes, I did do good things." No, no, mine's a mockery. <laughs> no, uh, she, uh, Captain Hook costume. Ooh. But the, the, the bad thing about this particular year, and the thing I remember most about that year, was that it was, I mean, she made the whole thing. Like, it had the, the gold and the, the, the ruffles and the whole, my, my, little bro- or my little brother was Peter Pan that year. But so, I was, um, we were doing like the neighborhood, but there was only one house in the neighborhood that was giving out the full candy bars. And so, the two, my two friends that, were, that I was with sw- stopped, switched costumes, and then went back. And I tried to go back Smart. with them, but I was in. And she's like, "I'm pretty sure you were just here." <laughs> and I'm and like, and not, and on, and on top of this, of course, she's my neighbor. I'm like, "No, no, I wasn't. No, it wasn't me. It's someone else in the, you know, the big Captain Hook costume that looks in the fully like formed this. Captain Hook." Yeah, you should so just put a sheet on over you. <laughs> <laughs> could have gotten ten and sunglasses. I could have gotten pity candy bars and gone back for seconds. I'm cousin it. <laughs> No, no, you're a ghost. I oh. used to. <laughs> you, you precious little thing. I used to wear the same glasses at the grocery store to what I thought was tricking the people giving out the free samples so I could get more samples. You had the Bobby Valentine co- or the, the, the oh disguise. No. Oh, no. Oh, no, Nikki. Oh, no. You know we're recording this, right? Like, that's. Oh, no. I'm super uh, proud of that. I don't even uh, care. I'm not. This is that therapy. made me laugh so hard. This is therapy for us, Marcel. Can you, <laughs> I can you so tell? Hard. Just <laughs> let it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what you th- can't see is Marcel just staring with wide eyes like, oh, what, is <laughs> hap- what did I sign up for? <laughs> you think Clemson got still got room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Handmaidens and sample stealers? <laughs> Kelly Bryant's going I mean, to. you know. You know. Okay, so we talk about football. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. What time oh, yeah. is it? Timestamp, so we can tell people <laughs> it's six oh one p.m. One p.m. <laughs> That's what time they should go. <laughs> or eighteen and a half minutes in, and we haven't talked about football uh, yet. This is why nobody rates and reviews us. Now we're gonna get a bunch. Everybody right. wants to be the the important question. Yep. yep. All right, our favorite segment: O line party chat. Yeah. 
every but week. With a twist, though. What is wrong with the run game? Um, I have some answers. Uh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but not right now. <laughs> no, I think that here's the thing. Um, I think that the Redskins were a sneakily good defense, and so everybody said to themselves, oh, the Redskins are a bad team, so they should be running all – Panthers should run all up on them and should blow them out. And the reality is the Redskins are a top-five defense. Just because they got they got eaten up by Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints in the New Orleans uh, – in the Drew Brees, like, coronation game, which <laughs> the Redskins were never never had a chance in. Like, they could have – they could have walked in there with the 85 Bears, and they still would have given up a touchdown pass. Yeah. So it, it's, it was tough for them in that game, and then that's what Panthers fans saw on national TV. So then when the Panthers can't move the ball on the ground, you feel like the Panthers' run game has gone downhill. The reality is is it's still the same run game. Yes, could they have used Alex Armal a little bit more? Probably. I feel like that 21 personnel, that – um, that fullback set, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Panthers have run the ball when Alex Arma has more snaps. I think that is they've run the, they obviously they run the ball more. It's like one hand washes the other. They run the ball more when he gets more snaps when they run the ball more, and they also run the ball better when he gets more snaps. So I, I think that you are going to see a little bit of that. And they do one of the things that Norv Turner has been talking about this whole season is they change their game plan and they change their personnel and their play calling based on the opponent. And I do think that they didn't... Yes, obviously they fell down 17 nothing, but I think they didn't want... They ran so much 11 personnel, I don't think they wanted to use Alex Armour that much. I, I, I completely agree with uh, what you're saying about the, per, about the personnel. And I thought that the Redskins' front line was the best unit of... of of the game, if you will, like the best unit that played well, but they, they were getting up and down and, and it's, they played three, four, but the, you know, so Kerrigan and they, mm-hmm. the different guys count as linebackers, but that they were better up the up front and the defensive uh, front seven than the Panthers were. And that's why Adrian Peterson looked like young Adrian Peterson, which welcome back, I guess, I guess, I, I mean, he's know. kind of looked like that all year, but, um, well, I thought he was. I thought they were. They were talking about whether or not he should be playing up there. They just seemed to be flipping back and forth. Anyways, it's not important. We're not talking about Adrian Peterson, but um, that 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 I thought the the bottom line is I thought the Redskins did a much better job up front, and their guys got down the line and made tackles. They had their big men were making tackles where Luke was getting blocked, and so then Peterson's getting to the secondary. Yeah, I thought Ryan Kerrigan was fantastic, yeah. and when they Should whenever have they asked, CMC lunch before <laughs> yeah. before that game. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't blame fans or Panthers fans for being skeptical of Washington's defense. They had the the numbers and the rankings high in the league, but they hadn't faced a rushing offense better than 18th in the league. And if you look at uh, their their opponents' average rushing yards per game and compare them to the actual yards they gained against Washington, they basically let teams hit their average. Every single week, with the exception of, I think it was Indianapolis, went 30 yards over. So I think there was a reasonable expectation that, okay, the Panthers here, besides that, you know, 200 plus yard anomaly at, at Cincinnati, uh, there's some belief that the Panthers could kind of enforce their will against a Washington team that really hadn't been tested. But I think what you saw and why that defensive front was so strong is just an inspired effort. That was embarrassing nobody likes an NFL record set on them regardless of if it whether or not it was just luck of the draw he was going to set that on whoever was 
that opponent that week. So I think you saw that inspired effort. And maybe the Panthers running game isn't as good as that 154 yards per game going into Washington week suggested. Like I said, that was a there's a huge outlier there against Cincinnati. So I, I think we'll get a better idea of what they're really about against a Philadelphia rush defense that is also top 10 in the league. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that's the problem is that you add a, when you go into a game with four games under your belt and one of them you rush for 230 yards, obviously your average is going to be really high mm-hmm. and obviously you're going to be thought of as the top rushing team in the league when I'm not really sure if that's really the case. I, I think the Panthers' run game is good, but let's not forget there's still a guy that was on the street two weeks ago is still playing left tackle. Greg Van Roten is playing left guard. You know, like th- this is still a team that – they want to be a team that is going to establish the run. I think they started that way. But then once you go down 14 nothing, like I, I think they may have – my issue with the running game on Sundays, I think they went away from it too fast. They were just too quick to abandon it altogether. And when you only have three possessions in the second half, that probably says to me that you're not – keeping the ball and you're also not getting off the field on defense. So I, I think those two things combined led to uh, led to why they weren't able to ultimately complete a comeback. You, I mean, they got their third possession with three minutes left in the fourth quarter and they, they were almost there. They just didn't have the ball for long enough. I, I, I think, I think that's going to be something that they're going to have to work on against Philadelphia. And to be honest with you, I think CJ Anderson has got to be involved in this thing. And Colin, I know we, you have been saying this for what two months, and and I think you're just right at this point. I think that C.J. Anderson is Chris oh. McCaffrey's backup. Thank you. Mark Josh says yeah. what is Colin it? is six oh eight p.m. Right yep. at six oh eight p.m. This is this is the question that I had because you're talking about changing the personnel, and now we have. Um, you know CJ Anderson, but you want to see Arma out there, and then they but then they're using Manhurts because it seemed like Ian Thomas got demoted from you know he got he was he's more Greg Olson than he is Manhurts, and I I think the the problem is I don't know that this works for number one, that's my question this this revolving door of personnel not that in the NFL you're gonna you're gonna change you're gonna do whatever, Vicky who wears number one what. Who wears number one? Cam. Stop okay. watching pickleball on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I, you created a monster now. Now I'm obsessed with pickleball. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just had to ask. It, I'm bad I, with numbers. But I don't think – it doesn't feel to me like he is comfortable right now. And I don't know what it is, but it, I don't I, – I well, no, it's, it's frustrating because I'm with you that Arma – they run the ball better with Arma out there. I don't know if can you run I for I formation football in this NFL. Does it have to be I formation? Can't you run a pistol? Can't you run a two back set? There are a, a million different ways to get him on the field. And, but would you rather have Arma or Anderson getting those snaps? I'm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you're going to use them for. If you're going to use them in like the if you're going to use well, then then it just becomes easily predictable, right? Isn't that what we've, we've squawked about for years? Yeah, predictability. No, I, I don't have a, I don't have a great answer yeah. for you. I, it, there's a lot of people that have to they're going to have to play bit roles in this, but ultimately it's going to come down to Cam and McCaffrey and the guy that made a case for himself this weekend, maybe Funches. Yeah. Do you think that? Um the maybe one of the reasons that Cam is uh, uncomfortable is because it's it is a new offensive coordinator. I get it. It's always it's kind of the same. Whatever. It's 
it's Shula and Chud and whatever, but it is still new. They're doing new things. They're doing yeah. things this year they did not do last year. Right. Yeah. It was just so physically like watching that last drive and watching his – like you could just see it. Like he just wasn't comfortable at all. It was it made me uncomfortable to watch it. That's that, and that's specifically what we're talking about. Like he's he looks comfortable in the game, you know, during the course of the game. But co- when these these moments happen, when it's third or fourth down, and it's not it's not Aaron Rodgers looking over uh, and going, "Give me one more play with six seconds." And I think that's what's that's what's confusing because we're eight years in. We've had Brady, we've got Rodgers, we've had Peyton Manning, three of the best all time at doing the two minute drill, getting points late in half. It's like these guys are your contemporaries; they're out there. And then you watch Cam, and it's like, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's too cool. I don't know what it is, but it is what I, it is not is oozing confidence. And we know what Cam looks like when he's oozing, oozing confidence. And, and Marcel, I'm curious is when you see Cam operating at the at the end of these halves, does it look like a field general out there to you? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot and you know get you to blast Cam, but just <laughs> it does it. You know, hey, welcome to the team. You know, t- pick a fight. Uh, <laughs> but, like, what is what's your impression when you see him this season in these last two minute situations? Because time and again, it has cropped up in already this early season. I don't know. It's hard to say that a guy like Cam Newton isn't isn't confident because he he's a personality that oozes confidence and that was outside looking in for the past several years before I got here you could see that it was pretty apparent but even during that second half he was pretty good throughout most of the half they only they didn't get the ball terribly often but he'd only missed I think it was three passes heading into that final series and he was looking sharp on that final series as well and then it just that's what made it so odd that those those final three four plays or so were just it was the last three like I didn't feel it on the first it was second third and fourth it's just he just looks so uncomfortable and it's like everything had changed I I, I would love to uh, I, I'm gonna have to pull the play back up to see maybe what was he pressured was it just not a clean pocket but he had Christian McCaffrey very very open one on one on the outside that's a play that a guy that's making a hundred plus needs million I needs think, to complete I think he just missed him. And I wonder if he missed him and then he got in his own head a little bit. Because in the locker room after the game, I mean, you saw it. He sat there, he had his head in his hands. Like, that for 10 minutes, like like a long, like an extended period of time while other guys are getting interviewed around him, Cam is sitting there with his head in his hands. So it's, uh, I feel like he missed, he knows he missed that throw. I mean, everybody knows he missed that throw. Norv said it today. He mentioned that they had McCaffrey open and, and it didn't happen. And that's going to happen with any quarterback, Tom Brady misses guys, Aaron Rodgers misses guys, but those are the kind of plays that when you miss them slash make them, that's what kind of defines you as a quarterback. It is, and I mean, you see Panthers fans on social media, uh, you know, take up arms when people aren't giving Cam that proper respect, when people are reluctant to put him into that elite tier, even with an you know an NFL MVP in his in his closet, uh, they're reluctant to put him in that Brady. Rodgers, uh, Breeze, Tear, because Rodgers, we just saw it the other night. Rodgers makes those throws when it counts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost uh, – I was talking to my friend who's a Packers fan. I was like, D- do you even get nervous anymore when Aaron's got the ball with less than two minutes left? It- it's almost like a given that he's going to make those throws, that he's going to lead your team to victory. So if if he wants that respect, I don't, I don't know if it matters to him or not, but if he wants that, then those are the throws and those are the kind of drives he's going to have to finish off. And he he definitely does, 
And the weird thing is that I know, for me, I feel like he still, when he got the ball with three minutes left, it was like, okay, here we go. Like, it's this is going to yeah. happen. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it did. It kind of happened against the Giants. Like they did win the game, but it, I wouldn't say it was because of the the what Cam did. And it's it's tough because I I am a huge Cam defender, and I think that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's stuff like this that it's like the again, just like you said, these are the kind of plays that you have to make. And also, I don't think you keep MVPs in your closet. I feel like you keep them on the fireplace, <laughs> on the mantle. I mean, he did just tell us yesterday that he doesn't really care about the uh, about the, the accolades and the individual awards and players of the week, NFC player of the week, he, yeah. he specified. Oh, so I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's in his closet. It's in his trophy case. It's in maybe out of the out of the public eye. I'd like to think that's not the centerpiece of his living room. Yeah. I would take it with me everywhere I went. If you're the MVP? Yeah. What does an MVP trophy look like? Like I, I honestly don't know. It wasn't like I was you know, it seems it's, like Nikki's going to watch internet. a video about it, so <laughs> it's going to be fine. Let me well, see what she, happens after pickleball. Yeah. The, my and I don't think this is just a cam thing. And, and and I think part of the comfort is or his discomfort at the end of this these games is the is the coaching staff. <laughs> Is the is whether it's Ron Rivera, whether it's North Turner, that because we have seen Cam not only be comfortable but execute four years in these situations, and now and I don't mean he wins every game when he marches down there, but that didn't that there's something off right now with their late game and situ, with their late game execution, and I want to take up for the coaching staff a little bit because the not going for it in the first quarter. I think is you know which which apparently was a criminal offense. The second they didn't do it, which do you need to do it against a team that everybody t- you're you're saying you're better than this team? You don't need to give them the ball on their half of the the fifty yard line in the first quarter and a home game. Give them energy. Get give them that life. You don't have to do that. You don't need to do that. And just because Alex Smith picked his up doesn't mean diddly, um, you know about the offense. But even though everyone wants to to, to say that it does. I don't, and, and, and the game before that, people were up in arms when they gave the ball to Christian McCaffrey in a short yard situation. When we talk about Cam Newton in the offseason, when we talk about him big picture, we say, you know, he doesn't need to take those hits, say, midfield, game four. It's literally the scenario we would lay out and say, these are the hits Cam doesn't need to take, and then he doesn't take them, and we go, why didn't you give it to Cam? You're exactly first of all, right. I never said that first sentence. I okay. take the hits. <laughs> Six five two sixty. Let him take the hits. I mean, he's literally built for that he's scenario. Literally, he's literally fourth to, and he's six. Built to take the hits. Well, okay, but that's that's, but that's what other, people say. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. That's the that's the other question, which is if you just want to say, hey, we're going, we're going, we're throwing everything into every game. We're just going full bore. Nothing matters. We need a third and one. Guess what? I mean, this is why your preseason, you know, in the draft, I said that I wanted a hammer for this team so that he didn't need to be in these situations where Cam needed to take every one of these hits. But the problem is when you lose these games, guess what you're going to need to do down the stretch? He's going to have to take these hits anyways. Mm -hmm. So rip the packaging off. Just play ball and go get it. Go get the dang first down. You have to lean forward in this league now. Offenses are, are, are going to rule the day. Defenses just can't do it. 
I don't believe it. I don't believe that a defense in this day and age can keep up. And they need to score more points than they are right now. So Ron Rivera and that coaching staff has to figure out how do we score some more points. They can clean up this this game management stuff at the end of halves, but they have got to lean forward if they're going to represent the NFC or have any aspirations of representing the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl. You say defenses can't do it. Do you think that Denver then was the was the last – I know sore subject, Panthers yeah. fans, but do you think that well, Denver team was the last truly elite defense I think to you can, win? I think you can. I think you can have a pass rush that that does influence it. And they had they had they had a slew of guys. I mean, then they had a, a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, I think you can. You know, if you said you can build a defense, but I don't know, is can the Bears ultimately compete at the highest level with? You know, with Mitch Trubisky, I, I just feel like with the way the rules are and with the way the game is played, that it's very difficult for defenses to have the same impact when DBs can't get their hands on guys the way that they, they have for years. And I mean, that's uh, being physical is there's not a whole lot of, of great defenses that haven't been physical in the history of the NFL. And it's really hard for defenses to be physical now. I have a question for you, and it's. Uh, I'm just curious, like, do you think that, so you say they need to get this stuff taken care of, they're, they're obviously they're not comfortable in these late game situations or late half situations or what have you, do you, th- how much of that do you think has to do with the fact that there are three new coordinators, a million new receivers, a bunch of new pieces in this offense, and also, this we're going to get to this in, in just a second, um, it's, it's week six, seven, week seven, so it's game six. This is the kind of stuff that they work out over the season. Is it better to be 5-0 and with some issues that you still have to work out and maybe they kind of get them all figured out and accelerate towards the end of the season rather than start now? And, you know, like I don't know that you need to finish 15-1. and But every I, – I, that's fine. You don't need to finish 15-1. But the well, problem not gonna. is every – like if, if – you know, every year nah. at Thanksgiving yeah. – you 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 make that you make your signature dish or whatever. You don't forget how you made the dish the year before, and th- th- this the timeout usage, the lack of awareness, the play calling. Like it feels as if they completely forgot how to make their signature dish. This is what they did. This is who they have been. It has been Cam Newton, no huddle in the last four minutes, and we're going to come after you. And more often than not, Cam Newton's delivered the goods. And this team has delivered the goods. 10-plus wins over the last five years, multiple times because of their execution in these very situations. And yet, through five games, I feel like I'm watching a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. And I'm not trying to pin the blame. I don't know who the blame is on. But it, the, to me, the comfort level is not It is not eight years together of a, of, of a field general and a head coach. And... The, that disconnect, and I'm sorry, but Ron Rivera is auditioning for a new owner, and he's he's got a new T-shirt every week. But we don't have a game plan for the last two minutes of the half. This, I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be ridiculous here, but this is. It looks so bad to me. This clock management at the end of halves and the way that they're executing. And I don't think it'd be one thing if he throws and a guy runs a route that's a little bit different, but they're just not getting out of the huddle. They're not taking timeouts when I think they could take timeouts in, in situations like that. That That's the overall concerning thing to me because you're going to need to make these plays at some point in the season. And you increase your odds tremendously by managing that clock. And that's something that, that they have done. And, and this year – 
I mean, to me, when Cam like they, they look at the last game, you have a first down and ten at the twenty-one yard line with three timeouts, and you get four plays and you use one timeout. Yeah. Okay, and, and and your fourth down play when again you have a running game that you've been trying to establish, and you've got Christian McCaffrey, and you've got Cam Newton, and you end up with. What you ended up with, a pass in the end zone that doesn't have a chance. And, you know, every game, I'm look, look, just looking at the standings right now, when you say you don't you don't need to go 15-1, and one, I, I'd agree. But really, really, every game matters. And I know this is yeah. the NFL, every game matters, the slow, sure. but it really does. You look at the NFC right now, you've got New Orleans, who's looking like, who's at 4-1, and one, they're only a game above, uh, a game above the Panthers. But they're looking great. The Rams look like the Rams. Then you've got eight teams that are either three and two or three and three. You really can't call this thing right now. So every one of these little wins matters because if this keeps up, this looks like this looks like the tighter of the two conferences. So and, and at the end of the road, you've got New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans is going to be playing for something at that point. And and what better way? I, I, Marcel, I couldn't agree with you more. Particularly this year where you have. The Rams team with a young quarterback mm-hmm. that wouldn't it be great if he had to go on the road at the end of the season, go cross country, which is a, a storyline every time the Seahawks, I don't know, is L.A. as far, is as many time zones as Seattle. But to have Jared Goff go into somebody else's building instead of playing in the friendly confines, that yeah. matters come playoff time. And that's what you cost yourself when you don't execute in these situations. It's what they should have cost themselves last week against the Giants. Which is, our, I think, probably more agree, the more egregious game of the two. I agree. I, I agree. And I just want to make it clear before we get too far away from it. I wasn't saying that they just can pack it in and not, have, not win oh, these yeah. games. But I'm saying, like, the, the, they're adju- they're, there is a little bit of an adjustment period as, these, as they get used to North Turner, as Cam Newton gets used but to Jarius Wright and Torrey Smith and DJ Moore. But, but, but not to the management principles of the last two minutes. That's no, no, the difference. No, you're, you're absolutely right. No, I'm, I, I agree with you. I, I think that it's, it's one of those things. And, and they are – like How so do they watch Monday Night Football? How, how, did the, how did Ron Vera and Cam Newton watch Monday Night Football? And I mean, they probably didn't. But watch – I mean, if you're not watching Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't know what you're making a choice. Um, but how, that, how do you watch that and go, yeah, we're, that looked like us. Very, very similar. Look pretty close. It's true. Well, they were both wearing helmets. Uh, <laughs> the New York Times has this awesome playoff simulator. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, if the Panthers lose this week, they will only make the playoffs in like 36% of all the 40,000 simulations that they make. So that is a, you know, that is a, this is a huge game coming up this Sunday in Philadelphia against the former Super Bowl champions. Who could also use a win yes who yeah. could also use a win so it, it's i mean every game counts and i'm again this is my favorite thing to do is to say something and then 10 minutes later go against it so gotta win them all 14 to 2 the hard way <laughs> it can be done yeah absolutely that is a tough it's a tough schedule remaining i mean you got baltimore coming to town they're four and two you got to go to pittsburgh you got to go i i mean you, you might flinch a little bit. You got to go to Cleveland in December is a dreary place, so I've been told. But it's going to be biting cold, and that's a scrappy team right now. It's not an easy rest of the, the season for them. You got New Orleans twice, like you said. It's, and, and, 
And, and, and it's one thing if you have the young guys that maybe are, maybe you're making like DJ Moore, I, like DJ Moore making mistakes, like that's gonna happen. That's fine. But the, right. this this is these are the two guys that are supposed to be like, all right, young pug, we young, got young, this. Yeah, we've pug, got this. Pug. Give me, <laughs> young, I, I combined some words there. I think <laughs> I was gonna young buck and young bug. I don't know. Is, uh, anyways, um, but to the young bucks and say you know. <laughs> These guys, yeah, I yeah. got it. No, the, this go. is this is our time. This is when Cam, you know, this is when Cam goes to work. This is when you know. We're this is when I'm wearing the towel on my head and I nod, right. and it gets made into a gift. This is what this right. is who I am, and it hasn't happened. Like yeah. I mean, he didn't. I mean, they won the game, but that that drive well, against the Giants was. Yeah, and, and that situation they're running, and then this situation when they actually have all three timeouts, so like aerial attack time. Choices. Choices. This seems like a good time to take a break because Josh needs a beer because he's still drinking his coffee. I'm done with my coffee. So. Okay, beer time. We'll beer him and we'll be right back talking about Philly preview and a whole lot more. Join us at the Roaring Riot podcast this week as we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Redskins' loss. We hop aboard the Wayback Machine to look at another Panthers fumble trouble. There's the listener line, and we chat with Heath, who heads up our newest Roaring Riot chapter in Philadelphia. There's lots of shame to talk about, but a few shining moments, and maybe you can help with Jamie's fashion conundrum. So please listen in to the Roaring Riot podcast on your favorite podcast app. And welcome back to One Day Contract. On the One Day Contract today, Marcel Louis-Jacques. If you're just jumping in 40 minutes in. Sometimes people <laughs> do that. You're trying to skip the early part. Yeah, that is fair. You so jump too far. They, you skip past the commercial. Sometimes they fast forward because it's they important. don't like the fun talk. Yeah, I don't know why. Who wouldn't like the fun talk? Now I, 17 more minutes of pickleball talk. <laughs> I like Johnny Pickles. I think he's the best, the best of the best. Of the best. Yeah. I just of don't, the best. I, I wish he respected the game a little bit more. <laughs> he does. Sometimes you know what I don't the like way he conducts himself <laughs> Thank out you, there Colin. on the playing surface. Because he celebrates after he scores the pickles. I don't know how they score, but <laughs> but after he scores, I don't like the way he celebrates. You know, just take hand it, the ball to the, the pickle ball to referees the and handing them to him. Thank you. We cannot Look, wait I'm until all we have for, a- I'm all for carrying a beer in your left hand and paddle in the right, but double fisting in your left hand <laughs> is just not acceptable. <laughs> exactly. In like, come on. The game has standards. You don't wear a robe to the post-pickleball press conference. It's not right. No. <laughs> Why don't no. you stop paying attention to your wardrobe and start paying attention to your pickleball footwork? I can't wait until we have a pickleball podcast. That'll PBP? be the next. Yes. Yes. ODC PBP? I love it. I love it. We will record that one after this one. Yep. All right. Back to Panthers talk, though. No more pickleball. Well, maybe. Uh, Deep ball. Is it really an issue? Um, Kind of. I mean, the thing is, is like, yes and no. Colin, you've got something. I want to ask Josh and Marcel, I want to ask you, what what theory would you you pick here that's floating around for why they're not – what is the the theory that why this isn't happening that you buy into the most? Because there's multiple theories out there as to why this isn't happening. I, I'm not I'm not familiar with the with the f- theory. I I want to come up with my own, but that's just might not be their personnel right now. Funches is a jump ball guy. Uh, he can go deep. They tried last game on uh, on Cam's interception, but guys like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, they're speedy. They can be deep threats, but they're drafted for what they can do. After the catch, and so it, I think that 
it's just a game plan thing. They want to get these guys the ball in space. They want to get them the ball as quickly as possible and then let them go to work. You saw that on Samuel's touchdown against the Giants. Like, mm-hmm. Just get them the ball and let them go. So while everybody is infatuated, you know, they see Sunday night football and they're like, oh, my goodness, look at Brady throwing deep. Look at Mahomes back and forth. And they see Aaron Rodgers airing it out. That's that's the attractive thing in football right now. But, you know, everybody wants what the Joneses have. I, I mean the metaphorical Joneses, Colin not Jones? the not the, <laughs> not the Dallas Jones, <laughs> Joneses. But everyone wants what the Joneses have, but that's just not how your offense is built. So – is a deep ball a problem? I think that's subjective. It depends on what you want. I don't think that's what the Panthers want to do. It's it's in the numbers. I think if DJ if DJ Moore doesn't fumble twice, I think the Panthers are four and one. I don't think we're talking a whole lot about the deep ball. I, I think we're talking about. I think it's something that's kind of like eh, it's like mentioned, like hey, like this is something that they probably are going to address sometime down the road. It's more of a did you know? Factory. Yeah, exactly. More of like a, oh Cam Newton only one of fourteen on passes over twenty yards. But uh, Norv Turner had a good point today. He said, you know, do we need to throw it 50 yards in the air for you to have explosive deep plays? You know, they threw it, whatever, 18 yards in the air to DJ Moore, and he takes it the rest of the way for a touchdown. Like, that. that is what they want to do. And I, I agree with you, Marcel. I do think that it's, it, is a, uh, it is kind of in their game plan, these guys that are, uh, that are with the ball in there, they turn into running backs when they have the ball. That being said... The offense that that when Cam Newton is at his best is when he can throw that he or he could excuse me could throw that deep ball with pinpoint accuracy and I haven't seen that from him since he had that shoulder surgery and I know it's not something to like I, I know nobody wants to hear it but I I would love to see just one just one of him putting it where it needs to be thirty five yards downfield. I don't think he was particularly accurate on that Devin Funches touchdown pass. I think Devin went up and got it and mossed Quentin Dunbar. That is not, to me, hitting somebody in stride. The only time he's done it was on that Kelvin Benjamin throw uh, last season. I don't even remember who it was against, but he put it in his arms. It was early in, in his, the season. It was early in the season, put it right in his arms. Yeah, it was, I would say it was sometime before week seven. Um, put it right in his arms in stride. But other than that, they tried to go deep last year to, to Funchess, and Cam was nowhere close. Well, we had early on this season, we had what, what was what was Norv saying? Let it go. Was it let it go, baby? Let it go, baby. Let it that go, was baby. good. That was yeah. a real nice Norv. I don't know if uh, we'll was, isolate that one. Yeah, thank you. That was nice. <laughs> but you have an offensive coordinator saying, "Hey, we want him to let it go." I, I think. I think this one's on. I think this is this is Cam because I think there are times when he probably could take these shots. I do think that he's conscious of trying not to throw interceptions and take chances. Now I think that he has heard some of the whispers over the years about his his numbers and things like that, and and I think he is a careful thrower. I know people don't think consider him an accurate thrower. Um, you know, people that, that, that want to dislike him. Um, but I do think he's he's actually very accurate where he throws the ball intentionally. A lot of times, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. It's just, I, I hate to be the guy that's like assuming that it's because of this shoulder surgery last year, but it's like, I just haven't. He hasn't. He doesn't seem like the same thrower since then. I just don't. What's it? What's it? Norv could come out and say we want to. You know, we want to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. We want to get these guys close. You know, we're not. You know, looking to do that as much. He could say that, and that's not what. I mean, even to Cam's own admission, that's not what's being said. So I don't. To me, there's no. 
there's no reason for North to say, yeah, we want Cam to th- – I mean, unless you think that the, the other teams aren't going to watch the tape and they go, yeah, they throw it deep all the time. Yeah. North says it. North said it, so it's true. True. <laughs> throw it deep, baby. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not a good one. Well, that I was more like Bill Clinton. <laughs> 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 throw it deep, baby. Go to McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. Oh, oh no. <laughs> that does sound like Bill Clinton. Thank you. Now we're all uncomfortable. Let's look ahead. Let's talk pickleball. Let's talk about pickleball again. I, I like pickleball too. <laughs> that, right. Now I'm more doing it. Now I'm more doing like a Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Bill Clinton, like all right, all right, all right. No, I get out on that court. No, I'm just a different kind of guy. Come <laughs> here, Hiller. <laughs> that audio is being used for everything, by the way. <laughs> Just for everything. That. Let's look ahead to this Philadelphia matchup. These are two teams that both need a win. Looking at these matchups, Zach Ertz, that's the one that ev- – well, I am in fantasy, so every time I watch the Eagles play, I always say throw it to Ertz, He's and they seem to throw it to Ertz. Second in the NFL in receptions, or the NFC, <sighs> one of the two. It's the NFL. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> See? It's one of the two. Well, they both have the same – First two letters. You know. Same number of quality teams. Thank you. The Patriots. <laughs> Bazinga. Bazinga. Them Chiefs is fun, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is, it, is this the year that the Chiefs are going to be 8-1, and one and and this is the year they're gonna really going to do it? No, they're going to go like 14-2 and two and then uh, lose in the playoffs to the Jags. It was It's an annual tradition. At Arrowhead. It was an annual tradition growing up uh, when you get Sports Illustrated that there would always be the Chiefs on the cover like once a year where it's like, the Chiefs, this is the year. This is not the year. <laughs> I don't know. Spoilers. Yeah, this is not the year. They're five and zero. Oh, they're eight and one. They're eleven and two. If Kareem Hunt, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It's not the year. He's a big. He's a big fan of the Panthers and the one day contract. He, he is. is one of the few people to rate and uh, review us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Answer the question. Kareem right. H says, <laughs> "My super important question <laughs> is, why you hate Milky Way so much? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Be sure to listen next week when we ask that question. Yep. Marcel, yeah, you are you're tight end you're like delving deep into this tight end situation right? uh, i've really been uh this might be the most attention i've paid to tight ends since <laughs> I, I really don't arizona know. state since <laughs> we didn't have tight ends when i was yeah. there <laughs> but uh we did have taylor kelly shout out to unknown college quarterbacks though mm. but no going back to Ertz, uh, he's you hear the name he's a big name in the nfl so you would assume okay yeah, he puts up numbers he's he's always been good yeah and yeah 70 at least 70 catches 800 yards each of the past three seasons but you look at this year and he's he might actually be having a career year he's if if these numbers hold he I think coming into it he was averaging eight yards a target was his uh, or eight targets a game uh, was his previous career high he's up at 11 right now previous uh, career high as far as receiving yards per game was 59 he's up at 80 right now already the only thing that he, he's not pacing for a career best in are, are uh, yards per catch and, and touchdowns so he's a guy they love to get him the ball early and often the, the eagles are actually uh first and i think ninth in the league in passes to the short right and short left areas of the field respectively so he's not a guy that they're they're asking him hey go beat these safeties deep go run these corner routes da, 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 da. they're saying hey we'll get you the ball 10 yards out, 8 yards out, unless you go to work. That being said, he's still a guy you can't sleep on because he can run that corner route. He can mm-hmm. run those posts and hit that seam. He, he's really a guy you got to be concerned about at all three levels of the field. I, I think last week they even they even uh, gave him a screen pass. Yep. Said, hey, here, just just for fun, go try. Why not? Yeah. 
But he, no, he's a dangerous guy. That's gonna be it's gonna be tough to match up with them. Doug Peterson said on that teleconference call that they're gonna try to find as many mitch, mismatches as possible, including uh, these guys like Eric Reed or maybe Mike Adams in the secondary. I mean, they put he put a uh, a corner like on skates last week for a touchdown, and that is the kind of thing that you don't expect to see from a tight end, non Greg Olson division, and it's um, or non Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski edition, but like. It's it. He is a he's not to steal a segment from uh from Luke Keekley, but he's going to be a problem. So it's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with. Um, and and I am hopeful that so Shaq Thompson only had what fifty seven percent of the snaps last week. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is going to be a guy that they're going to use more, or if they're just going to say Thomas Davis, you here take take Zach or take fifty eight out of the game. Is it fifty eight? No, the 58 is Thomas Davis. Sorry. <laughs> 86 out of the game. I, try, I was picturing a jersey in my head. Take 86 out of the game and uh, and make things happen. I sounded like Nikki on that one. You're going to have to try, but the thing is you. if you use Shaq Thompson to, to basically stay on Ertz, the Eagles still love passing to their running backs out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And it's not just their running backs. All non-wide receivers, 60% of their receptions right now come from non-receivers so you've got to worry about that intermediate short intermediate passing game uh, coming from the backfield coming from the line of scrimmage so it's difficult to say if they're going to take Shaq and say like hey this is your this is you because who's to say they don't send Wendell Smallwood right back where Shaq started from so it's kind of throws your whole defense into a, into, into a scramble but I'm, I don't know I'm not Eric Washington I yeah. don't I don't make these plans thank goodness that's uh <laughs> It, My job's a little less stressful than that. A little bit, a little bit, just a little. Like, like our, our, your job's smidge. stressful. One A, one B, but uh, I mean, they're they're a good, they're good. That's why they won the Super Bowl last year, and they they returned a lot of the pieces from last year. And I mean, this is gonna be this is a tough matchup for a team that has that seems on paper like they should be better on defense. To be perfectly frank, well, I think that issue and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about defenses and can defenses win championships the eagles are going to use all kinds of motion and at the you know look like they're in one formation and then shift at the last possible second something that we saw last week with the redskins and it, and it got them one of their early touchdowns mm-hmm. when the you know um, tight end sailed in um uncontested what that does it hurts the panthers more than it hurts any other team if you buy into the fact that luke keekley is as good as Luke is because that advantage that you have in Luke Keekley is getting mitigated by this motion and by these, you know, the, the quick motion and then snapping it and snap and go. That is preventing Luke from getting guys in the right situation. And I think, and so now one of your best players, one of you, I mean, the, your field general, to use that term again, he is now being not not minimized but he's being taken out of what he can do best and the eagles are another team just like the falcons just like the redskins that is going to do this on sunday and it's why sometimes it you go man haven't heard luke's name much and it's because these these teams are now doing this and it's one and now because you you talked about with with Ertz picking up these short yardage it's it's very difficult now for defenses to get off the field unless the offense makes a mistake I mean, yeah. If the offense gains yards on three plays, they're probably going to get a first down. Yeah, I mean, the, they they have been saying all year and in the offseason as well that it's like their their strategy is to not keep guys in front of them, but is to rally to the ball, like especially against these, these top wide receivers. So they were doing it against uh, 
Odell Beckham. They were doing it against Julio Jones, against A.J. Green. They were going to, like, they would let them have six or seven yards. And James Bradbury said to, said this sentence to me, we know that teams can't beat us with slants. And it's like, they kind of can, man. Like, if they're picking up seven yards a, a clip, that's going to be enough. And, and Eric Washington said, we have to make these quarterbacks not first-look players. But if you're... If you're giving up, if you're if you're letting them have the slant, and you're going to rally and get not give up yak, which by the way, Panthers second least allowed team. I couldn't figure out the right way to phrase it. They <laughs> they have allowed the second least amount of yak to opposing wide receivers, and the Philadelphia Eagles conversely have gained the second most yak. So it's like a rock and a hard place here, and. If they're going to rally, if their strategy is going to be rally to the ball and make tackles, I don't know if that's going to cut it. Well, I, I think it feels almost like the Panthers may be kind of caught here in a day where it feels like football's evolving, everything's evolving faster and faster. That this, as much as we talked about continuity and how important that's been, do teams now just know what the Panthers are going to try and do on defense? And because they've been doing it for now eight years, there is no lack uh, of, of tape or what they want to do in these situations. Right. And if you have a defensive-minded head coach, ultimately isn't it his defense anyways? I mean, at the end of the day, I just – it feels like teams are not uncomfortable against this Panthers defense as they are in some other ones. And more importantly than that, it seems like teams know what they want to try and do and are able to scheme guys open. And, and I think you saw that time and again, and not, and not just in the Redskins game, but also in the, in the Giants game, that the, this defense I think is a good NFL defense. It is nothing special about this. There's nothing we're going to call back to about this defense decades from now. It's a fine NFL defense in an era where it is really hard to be anything other than a fine NFL defense. I agree. And and going back to, to what you said about just letting them catch the ball and then rallying and rallying to it, uh, that really falls into line with what Philadelphia loves to do. When you when I say names like Alshon Jeffrey and, and Nelson Aguilar, I mean, you think – these are deep ball, throw it long, let them go get it kind of guys. I mean, between the two of them, I think they've got 21 uh, career touchdowns of 20 yards or more. But you, you look at the numbers this year and the average length the ball's traveling before the reception. I mean, Alshon Jeffries leading the team at seven and a half, just under seven and a half. They're not chucking it down to him. Granted, he, has, he doesn't have a huge sample size, but Al Galore's same boat. Right. So you're saying the, across the board, right, the Eagles all have low – Attempts, yeah. right? Yet at the same time, the same discussion, people are saying you can't you can't operate this way. Tom Brady is still playing in the NFL. He is still actively a participant in the NFL. He hasn't had an arm in five years. This is I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. There's a reason Tom Brady's Tom Brady. But the Eagles just want this is these are the things that you can do. You can take these short plays. And this idea of rallying to the ball, it sounds great and it has worked well. For a long time. But now what teams know is that they know that they're going to have an open reception and say it's third and eight. Well, you're going to, you have a chance to be open at third and six. So guess who we're going to pick? We're going to pick the biggest some bitch we can find that we're going to throw the ball to. And we're going to say, go win a one-on-one -on -one battle against Captain Munderland. And guess who falls forward? And that has happened 
again, multiple times. Teams know that that's what they want to do. And the, and the Panthers, like the, the margin of error for the Panthers in a lot of these situations is you drop a half a yard too far. I mean, we talk about that quick. It's a half a yard. It's, it's, it's three feet this way. It's that. It is small margins, and as the game has gotten faster, I think it's I think it's re- really hard to play this way going forward. I, I think one of the things that the Redskins did was they they averaged like four yards per pass, which is not enough. But the Giants got the ball out of Eli's hands on. They had thirty eight pass attempts. Twenty one of those pass attempts, that ball was out of his hands within two seconds. Which is probably why you shouldn't cover Saquon Barkley with the defensive end. Well, sure, but that was actually longer than two seconds. But that's <laughs> that was his second game ever, so it's fine. Let him let him out there. Um, it's it, it's just I, I don't want to say that the game is evolving, or whatever. But th- if this is going to be their strategy, then it's going to work. A lot of the time, I think. I think it is going to work a lot of the time. They have so much talent on that defense. They start seven Pro Bowlers. There are 11 guys starting. Seven of them have been to the Pro Bowl in their career. That's insane. So when I say is this this defense is too good to be as bad as they are, they, I mean, come on. Like You should not be giving up 382 passing yards to Eli Manning. You should not be giving up... Uh, you should not be allowing the Chiefs to be converting all of these third downs. Like this is the this is going if this is going to be the strength of your team, then you've got to be better. I, I don't think I don't think the defense can be the strength of your team. I just think it's a low percentage play. Like maybe if you have a foundational guy, particularly a pass rusher, you can say we're going to try and go this route. Maybe but, if you have the best middle linebacker in the NFL, or if you have seven starters that have been to the Pro Bowl. That's but, what that's what I'm but saying. It, yeah, but you're, you're, but that still leaves four guys that have to get the play right. And when a guy goes in motion, the, and, the, and all of a sudden the formation changes, and you've got rookies out there. Guess what? It doesn't matter that Luke Keekley knows six ways from Sunday what the play is if the safety doesn't or the cornerback doesn't and isn't in position. What about when they go like this though? When they go like this? That means bathroom break. <laughs> that means bathroom break. I gotta poop. That's what that means. I mean, I, I really think it looked it looked to me like on on one of the, the early touchdowns that against the skins that they flopped the defense. And I think, uh, and again, it's hard to know, but it looks to me like Eric Reed may have been the guy that didn't flip. And so, you know, and, and I don't know. And, and, and Eric Reed was for the first to say after the game that he fell for that shot, that, that pump, that look away and he fell for it. And he, he took, took the responsibility yeah. for that. I mean, but that's, but that does, that's what happens. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's football, right? It's how you lose. But that's, that's why it doesn't seven pro bowlers. You one know, of those seven, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And that, once, <laughs> six years ago. Uh, four years ago, Colin, I think. Right. Is that six years ago? I, I, I'm not good with numbers are hard. What is five. interesting, though, about <laughs> that, that Vernon Davis, that touchdown, uh, I think 22, uh, 23 yards, that was actually the first reception of any kind the Panthers had given up across that deep middle part of the field all season so I mean if that's what it takes I mean no no contact off the line and a safety biting on a pump I don't think you're doing too horribly but still it's not something that you would like to see happen yeah. with I'm just saying in a situation defense but w- in a situation where that to me was driven in part by the fact that they were they were manipulating and, and, and doing the emotion I think they contributed to that I think they're given when you're giving these guys something to think about and then they and then they react Instead, of, that's that's how you get in trouble. I think it's, it's the difference between watching like the Dallas offense, which is not particularly dynamic, and I think everybody was pretty well lined up. And that, and then you look at the results. You know, they score eight points, or you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I, 
I guess. I don't agree yeah. with you, but okay. I, I, sometimes I just say I agree with you because Sorry. it makes me feel nicer in these <laughs> well, podcasts. I, I just think it's really I, – I, I understand what you're saying about Luke, but I do think he is getting mitigated by these offensive coordinators. And by the way, these – uh, teams are now are, are now conducting their offense, and and it is it's a it's a different age. I mean, the middle linebacker used to get twenty cracks at, at getting tackles, you know, and yeah. now now he's now he's dropping into coverage way more. So, other side of the ball, what are the offensive keys to the game for the Panthers here? Marcel, go. <laughs> oh, you've got to uh, you've got to establish. <laughs> <laughs> this was like establish this was the run there. Establish a run. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, work hard. Let's hustle. Coach speak. Well, yeah, I've yeah. talked to enough coaches. I get, I, I can do that. No, yeah. you do, but you really do need to establish the run. I think they just showed uh, clearly against Washington. It's really not the same team. They're not built right now to come from behind. To you, they're they're not built to go through the air and win ball games right now. I think right now the passing game is more of a compliment to their running game, to their run attack. And that's no slight on Cam Newton or any of these receivers. That's just what we were talking about earlier. That's just your personnel. So I think you've got your second shot at a top 10 rushing defense. You kind of need to prove that you're worthy and you deserve that that high ranking. I think they're still number four in the league in rushing yards per game. So show that that's not a fluke. Show that that wasn't just a 230-yard performance against Cincinnati. Last year was the year – the when they played the Eagles was the game of the eight carries for negative four yards for Jonathan Stewart. And it was also, I think Chris McCaffrey had eight yards that this was right. I, I don't know if you remember, this was the week when we all wanted to talk about whether the Panthers run game was broken because Cam Newton had, I think 70 yards rushing. And then the rest of the team had like two. Um, and it, it, <laughs> I made a big point last year and I will make it again that Cam Newton is a huge part of this running game. So he always has been and he always will be until he can't take the hits anymore. You can't just remove him from the run game, but he is – I feel like they, they need to do – they need to have a, a balance between Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton and whether it's scrambling, whether it's the zone option or zone read. I, I think there is – I, I agree. You want to establish a run just like they wanted to do last week, but they just gave up on it five plays in. And R Rivera said after the game or after the game or yeah, after the game, he said, you know, it worked. We, we punted on fourth and one. We punted it to them. They gave the ball back to us and DJ fumbled the punt. So it's like there, that plan theoretically is then you get the ball back and then you go down and score that's a big hypothetical and a big theoretical right there. But that that is going to be – this is not going to be – this is not the L.A. Rams. This is not the Kansas City Chiefs. They're never going to be a team that is going to just open it up. It's just not who Ron Rivera is. And and that's why they have – they do have a, a smaller margin for error. And I think with this – what this yep. team is uh, and what their strengths are is not turning the ball over. And that's something that, that Philly has done quite a bit. And last week when they, they looked they're, they're, you know looked good, they did not – and that's a huge part of all of this. So just as you mentioned, if, if Moore doesn't have the day he has, then this team may very well be four and one right now, and we're not we're having a completely different conversation. Yeah, but they're the second they, best team in the NFC if they have or second best record in the NFC. Which I would have thought would have mattered. I was a little bit. I was. I don't know. Anyways, it was. Well, no, they talked about this it. This is my favorite thing that Colin does. He yeah. has like a big like. I think that. Well, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I don't want – I'm not trying to be the overreactionary guy, but – um, and now I've lost my point because you uh, – Because <laughs> I made fun of you? Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> no, that um, 
What was my point? In all seriousness. No, I don't know. I don't have it for you, buddy. Who are we just are you I just talking about? You thought that being four and one would be important. But yeah, you were well, wrong. Yeah, no. It was no, but it's because it was about the freak out stuff. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. Um, but that this team that this team could be th- could be four and one, and the and they are a team that's better than I think most teams in the NFL. But one of the ways that they're better is when they take care of the ball. And when you don't take care of the ball, then all of a sudden you become right there in the muck and mire with the whole 20 other teams. I mean, yeah, go figure. You, you don't hang on to the ball and you give the other team opportunities to score. Let them do that. Let them take advantage of it. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you struggle to win games. That's yeah. Maybe these coaches are on to something when they say <laughs> taking care of the ball is the most important uh, part of the game, huh? Yeah. It wasn't just coach speak. I know. Well, that, that – Unbelievable the the stat that the in Ron Rivera's tenure here they're like sixty seven and four when they win the it's I think it's sixty seven five and one when they win the turnover battle and it's like it's kind of one of those like well duh, duh. like yeah of course like <laughs> if you turn the ball over more you're probably gonna lose and if you turn the ball over less you're probably gonna win so that's science yeah mm-hmm. that's Hashtag why you're smart science guess what game time yes! I get to make the announcement because I'm running the games this time. Uh, Nikki usually runs the game, but because I am the organizer and I put together all the sound clips, I know the answers. So what we're going to do, Marcel, you're new to the beat, so you don't know. Um, Luke Keekley, our favorite linebacker, he has some buzzwords that he uses all the time. He uses the word, uh, stud, he uses the word problem, and he uses the word, um, uh, boss as well. So he's going to call somebody, he's going to say... Uh, that guy's a stud. That guy's uh, that guy's that guy's going to be a problem. That guy's a boss. That guy's a he's they, that's what he says. He's really really good. So what we're going to be doing, I think from here on out, depending on how I can actually whether I can do it every week, is we're going to be playing a game. Whether or not Luke finds out. Sound clip. Yeah yeah. No, that sounds terrifying. Uh, sound <laughs> so, intro song to come. That's called. Who did Luke Keekley call a stud? This week, so here's it's a, it's a working time. Yeah, it's so the working, it's a working time. time. Yeah. Working on um, it. Well, it's like uh, yeah. Um, so By the question 12, we'll is: <laughs> Luke Keekley called one of these four Philadelphia Eagles a stud today in the locker room when we spoke to him, and I'm going to give you guys some choices. Here are my ch- here are the choices. Okay. Um, the choices for who Luke Keekley called a stud are: A. Zach Ertz, who we just spoke about; B. Alshon Jeffrey. C, Carson Wentz, or D, Fletcher Cox. Which of these players did Luke Keekley call a stud? Colin, you're up first. I'm going Carson Wentz. Wow. Okay. Oh, All right. He's a quarterback. Can't argue with that. Nikki, what do you got? I put him at the bottom of my list for this. Wow. I think it's got to be Ertz, right? Mm. You would Ertz think he probably easy. gets asked about Ertz. I mean, sure. Marcel, who do you got? You were actually there uh, when yeah, he I was said actually, this. This is oh. fun fact, but uh, <laughs> my mind moves 100,000 miles an hour sometimes during these interviews. Not to say I don't listen, but I'm a big proponent of one of these things is not like the other. So for the fun of the game, I'm going Fletcher Cox. Wow, oh, Fletcher Cox is the answer from Marcel. Let's take a listen to what Luke Keekley had to say today. Now they're now they're healthy. They get everybody back. I think I think they're good everywhere. You know they're good up front. You know I think you know Kelsey does a great job. He's super athletic. He's rangy. They're good on the outside, and their two guards are good as well. 
Obviously, Carson Wentz is a stud. He's big. He's oh, Carson Wentz is a stud. Colin wins this week. Carson Wentz is a stud. That's I think we can all agree with that. That's who I thought would be the last person he'd say. Well, I don't know you know why. what? He likes to mix it up. It's 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 funny because he he does literally call somebody a stud. So we're we're gonna play <laughs> it again next it. week, and it's gonna be it's kind of funny. I actually use I use like the second half of that full quote in my story today so oh. i'm a little embarrassed <laughs> but i think i just skipped past that in the yeah. recording well <laughs> it's one of those things where when you've heard it a bunch of times you don't really notice it and then all of a sudden you realize after a couple weeks he does refer to somebody each week as a stud second part of our audio game today is i actually this is going to be something that no one's going to know the answer to i actually had a conversation with wide receiver curtis samuel who we somehow didn't talk about only getting three snaps on sunday but we'll move past that he'll get he's eh, it's gonna be fine um <laughs> uh we had a discussion about who the greatest nba player of all time is and there's probably there's only a few choices at this point i think we can go larry johnson um alonzo morning or uh kemba walker so no uh so i'm gonna give you guys i'm gonna open this up for a little bit of debate and then we're going to d- decide who you think that wide receiver curtis samuel thinks is the best NBA player of all time. Am, he, I, am I wrong, or is this like a really easy question? Well, uh, he went to Ohio State, right? He did go to Ohio State. I don't know if that plays <laughs> a part in it, though. Oh, it plays it's a part. Greg Oden. <laughs> See, that was my first mm. thought as well, was Greg yes, Oden. Obviously. Yep. <laughs> mm. it's, yeah, I mean, hey, you say what you want to say. You know what? You know what? I think Is Curtis it a trick? That's no, a great no. question. Curtis Samuel... Despite playing at Ohio State, which makes LeBron James the obvious answer. Right. But I think Curtis Samuel, being a New York-born, he's putting on for Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Mm. And he was willing to go in there as a member of the Buckeyes and stand up to all the LeBron stands. So I'm going Michael Jeffrey Jordan because I right. believe in Curtis Samuel. MJJ. Marcel? <sighs> I don't personally know. Curtis Samuel. I know he's 22 years old, so you know you think I that know, the, the, I know. the younger the younger the guy, the more skewed toward LeBron. They are, but I don't know. Something deep in me is saying he thinks Kobe is the best player in NBA history. I I I can't explain it. This is not logical. I want to go be, on the record Kobe and say that. Kobe fans aren't logical. But that's, that's, that's why just, it's a possibility. I've got this feeling, and you can't fight that. I don't want to be wrong. Can't fight the feeling. Wake up at 3 a.m. tonight and was like. Uh, I should have said Kobe. <laughs> yeah. No, no. you, you want to go with your first instinct, I'm and I appreciate Kobe. that. Nikki, who do you like? Who do you like in this one? Hmm. It's between Sean May and Frank. Kaminsky. I'm going. No. Oh, God. <laughs> That's big Frank to you, my friend. <laughs> big Frank. <laughs> big Frank. It's moving Frank. I feel like it has to be <laughs> obvious, so it's probably not going to be, but I'm going to go anyway. I'm, I'm saying LeBron. LeBron who? <laughs> LeBron who? LeBron yeah. what? LeBron, LeBron James. James. Can you LeBron James. James. Well, let's take a little listen to what Curtis Samuel had to say about the NBA. I mean, I've never seen game-to-game Jordan clips, you know. I, I, I know how great he was, but, oh, no. I mean, we're just talking about oh, no. overall who's more athletic. Like, who, like he's a bigger body doing basically what MJ kind of did. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's just crazy. I just feel like my argument is, you know, MJ was really good. I just feel like it was a lot of great teams back back in the days, but I don't feel like it was that many really athletic guys like it. there is today. Woo! You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it would be great, you know, if 
if we if Tommy it was some way possible to see Jordan play in this era, you know, if you could rewind time on his body. It's called YouTube, you know, Curtis. Great, but um, <laughs> I'm a LeBron guy, so I pick LeBron. Oh, come oh, on. Yeah. No. LeBron. Low hanging James. Come on. Come on. LeBron James <laughs> is the answer. Brom, Bron. LeBron James is the answer from Curtis Samuel. And He's that young. concludes the audio portion with all the drops and all the fun. I think that was pretty fun. I, like I enjoyed that. myself. I, enjoyed I, I just like leading because I knew the answers we already. Need, we need. I like the audio. That we gotta. Yeah, we, we need more, more of, that. of that in our lives. I like this contribution on Sunday more than I like this contribution to this. <laughs> <laughs> Marcel. Yes. Tell the folks where they can find you on the internet. All right. You can find me on the Twitters at at Marcel, M-A-R-C-E-L underscore L-J or charlotteobserver.com as well. If you like to read, I do post my stories and retweet my, my coworkers as well. So I'd appreciate a follow. I'm usually funny. I'm trying really hard. If not, if you appreciate effort, I'm, I'm your guy. usually funny. Good stuff. <laughs> I like you said, if you appreciate effort. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm trying my best. You got my vote. I don't know what you're running for, but you got my vote. Have you met Scott Fowler yet? I have met Scott Has Fowler. Has he descended from whatever throne they keep him on? <laughs> He's been hard at work working on his podcast, that career yeah. podcast. I, would, I this can't is wait a to shameless hear it plug shameless plug if you like true crime or if you just enjoy a good story i mean it's it's horrible what happened initially but really a lot of beauty came out of it so if if you are into podcasts or just curious and learning about a different part of a story that a lot of people think they know mm -hmm. please check out the caruth uh podcast it's on itunes if you don't have an iphone you can check it everybody's retweeting it as well you can find it wherever just type in Caruth I guarantee it's going to pop up but I can't wait to listen it's, to that it's excellent I mean I woke up on uh I woke up a couple of days ago and it was the first thing I played on my phone yeah like, oh cool it dropped I sat in bed for two hours and listened to it just two hours straight couldn't move didn't want to make any unnecessary noise it's like I want every second of this thing it's really an captivating story and Ray Caruth he's actually he's from my hometown I'm not proud of that but He's from Sacramento, and so it's something that I, I, I'd more or less I'd heard of, but right. I, I wasn't really – I didn't know the, the real story. I didn't know really what happened. I got the gist of it. So if you're like me, Caruth is for you. That was a great plug. Unfortunately, we're going to bleep that whole thing out because we only plug uh, podcasts <laughs> on the <Ryan laughs> network. So, um, no, you should absolutely listen. That actually the, – the Ray Caruth, the murder happened like right down the street from where I grew up. Like like literally – when I say right down the street, like my street sign was on the news. So Jeez. that's a fun that's fact. That's crazy. Where that was can an they awkward name drop. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Sorry. Where can they Weird find flex. you on the Twitters, Josh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Weird flex. I lived right near there on Ray Road. Ever heard of it? Um, <laughs> right on Route 66. That was my street. Boom. <laughs> Roasted. You basic. Uh, basic. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. You can follow the Riot Report at our Riot Report and follow the Riot Network at at the riot network That's i don't even correct. know what their twitter handle that, is you got is. it there you go that is colin at colin clt on twitter uh is the best way send him all your refried beans adhesive uh <laughs> taco memes, bell's listening and we're about yeah. to get a uh, uh we're gonna get a cheesy uh, beanie gordita crunch 
<laughs> held together by I beans. I don't think they call it a beanie cordita crunch, but I've, <laughs> they I could will be now. Wrong. That's yeah. brilliant now that marketing. Now that they've heard it, they're they like, should. Hey, add, it, add it to the things right. we can use. Just put it on the board. There we go. You They'll can find it. me on Twitter, Nikki704. This is One Day Contract, a part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina, Marcel Louis Jacques. Yes, I love that name. Your One Day Contract is up. Back to back, drop it down real loud I'm such a lady, but I'm dancing like a house Cause you know I don't give a fuck, so here we go